Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Vinicius Barbosa Pipa. He is a multimedia and Emmy-nominated composer. Of course, on Level, we do most often interview composers, and Vinicius is a composer, but he's also had other jobs in the music industry, like the reason he was nominated for the Emmy, for instance. He was nominated as music editor, so I'd never talked to a music editor before, (laughs) so it was fun to learn a bit about that. And he's worked on so many types of projects, from film and TV, games and sound design, VR, etc. Join us on Discord. You'll find that link down in the show notes. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe, notifications, all those things. And if you can help us out financially on Patreon, that would be fantastic. We're going to take a little break from new episodes. We'll still be on YouTube each week and releasing some other things throughout the month of July. Otherwise, we will see you back with brand new episodes weekly in uh, early August. All right, here's Vinicius Barbosa Pipa. Thank you for having me. This is, it's, it's an honor for me to be here. I, 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 I don't feel worthy. Like just <laughs> with the, the, the folks that you have over are, are people that I admire, people that I look up to. So thank you for having me. I really, I really appreciate it. It's a, it's an honor and, and it's, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I've been looking forward to it as well. Oh, wonderful. Uh, so I'm a composer, uh, first and foremost, I'm a composer. I, I'm a conductor also. And I, I would I would probably describe myself as a storyteller at heart. So so in in all of the different areas that I operate in, you know, whether it's composing, whether it's conducting, you know, I do I do a fair bit of public speaking as well. And I I usually it usually all converges with storytelling. So um, that's kind of what what drew me into sort of the the creative life, you know, and and that's that's sort of how I, I I think of myself as mostly as a storyteller you know and, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to enhance stories with music when I'm working on films or on video games um, or on TV I'm trying to 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 make make stories make more sense for those who are watching or experiencing it and and I I, I love working with people who are creating stories who are who are writing stories you know all of that so so that's yeah. kind of my my area of operation. Yeah. Uh, so you've, you know, as I said, you've had a lot of different roles in mm-hmm. in music as well, in addition to composition. And I think some yes. of that might be sound design and just talk mm-hmm. a little bit about some of that. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, so, it, you know, as I, I'm still fairly new to the game, right? I've been, I've been working in music to some extent I would say for for over ten years because I used to I used to live in Brazil. That's where I was born and raised, and I started working in music there at a pretty early age. Um, and so I've been involved in music for a while. But it, but in when when it comes to music in media, so so music for film and video games and TV, that's been even more recent. It's for about five years that I've been uh, at it. And so when you're when you're first getting started, you're kind of um, trying out various things right and so it early on in my in my career i i worked sort of more on the on the you could say the sound side of things but oh, okay um you know kind of 
all of the peripheral jobs that are related to that. Um, and then I've worked, I've collaborated with many composers, you know, kind of worked under them and sort of uh, helped them with, with all the things that, that they need. And so it's like, it's been, it's been fun because I get to, to, to use a lot of different skills and, and I've gotten to kind of figure out, okay, what are the things that I'm naturally good at? What are the things that need a little bit of work, you know, that, that don't come as naturally and I have to sort of grind a little bit more at, and, and it get, I get to kind of exercise a lot of different creative muscles, which is pretty fun to do. I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, for instance, you, you were nominated for an, an Emmy, which is awesome, but as music editor. So, yeah. you know, first off, congrats for such an amazing Thank you so much. nomination at such a young age, but also Thank tell you. us what a music editor does. Yeah, of course. Uh, so um, a music editor is how could I describe it? Some people say he's kind of like the, the, the liaison between the composer and the, and the director on a movie. Um, and on a video game, there are some people who are, who are more uh, equipped to, than me to talk about it. But uh, my, my experience mostly in music editing has to do with, with film. And you're basically um, grabbing a bunch of different music assets and sort of making sure that they're placed correctly in, in picture, you know, the way that they should. And so, you know, a composer might write a bunch of pieces of music to go with the picture and you're, you're trying to make sure that, that it starts at the right place. It ends at the right place. It's that, that everything makes sense. And when you're working with film, as opposed to games, film has a lot of picture changes, right? So, so you're often, um, you're, you know, maybe a scene that was 20 seconds long now, has been changed to be 15 seconds long. And maybe we don't want to, we don't need to send that music back to the composer. You can sort of edit it yourself and as a music editor and sort of make it fit again hmm. with the picture, sort of still telling the story that it was supposed to be telling. Um, and there's a bunch of other sort of peripheral things that, that a music editor might do at any given project. So, uh, that was, and, and then this, as you mentioned early this year, I, I was, very fortunate and and very surprised to have received the nomination for for an Emmy and it was it was mind blowing it was fantastic and it's been it's been kind of awesome ever since because now I now I'm trying to figure out okay what 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 come what's next you know which which has been a fun journey yeah so tell us about the show yeah uh, so th the show is a it's an animated TV show for kids. Uh, that is on that up on Netflix. So, so whoever has young kids or, you know, is a young kid at heart, you can, you can go watch it. It's called go, go Corey Carson. Um, and it's a lovely little show and, and it's, uh, the, the folks who worked on the show are super talented. A lot of them are former, uh, Pixar folks. Oh, cool. So they've, they were, they, they left Pixar, started their own, their own company called Cuckoo Studios and they're super, super talented um, they, and they really know what they're doing. Cause you know, when you come out of Pixar, like you at Pixar, you, re you really learn kind of the craft and then they came out and started their own thing. Um, and they made this, this TV show, which I think, I think it has, uh, six seasons, six seasons, if I believe, if I remember correctly. And it, and there's a bunch of little spinoffs as well. So there's, you know, like there's a Christmas special, there's a Halloween special, the whole, the whole thing. And it's super fun. It, it's, 
all, all of the characters are cars. So, you know, it's a concept people are familiar with. And it's it's very sweet. It has that kind of Pixar sort of, you know, um, it's lighthearted, but it's also very uh, it's very sweet and it's and it's very wholesome. It's it's a so it was a pretty awesome project to kind of to, to be involved in. And, and I worked on it for a number of years and it was it was just awesome. It was an awesome project. Nice. So tell us about uh, what's your main instrument? My main instrument, uh, uh, I'm 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 a drummer. So I started out as, oh, a, cool. as a kind of like my introduction to music was was through drums. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because uh, making the transition from being a drummer to being a composer is like, you know, uh, it's kind of like having to learn a different language, <laughs> which I've had to do as well. But because it's like you when you play drums and, it, and I wasn't even like a percussionist, you know, like like I didn't play orchestral percussion, you know, where you have a lot of pitched instruments. It was just drum set. Like I was, uh, okay. you know, I had hair down to here. I was like a rock and roller. I played drums. Okay. And and then I had to learn how to write music because, you know, like that, you know, because you have that idea. I'm like, oh, I think I want to write music. And uh, <laughs> it was it was it was interesting because that, so I had to kind of readjust my mind to to then think about all these other aspects of music because as a drummer you're mainly thinking about rhythm you know you're aware about all of the other elements of music but rhythm is kind of forefront of your mind sure um but i i like to think that maybe that because i have kind of more of a percussion background that means that when i when i translated or when i transitioned into composition it gives me a, a slightly different approach to to it Mm-hmm. So that's, I hope, I hope that's true. So, you know, I'll let the, I'll let the people who hear the music uh, judge that. But ever since, so now ever since, because I'm, because I'm a composer, you know, I've picked up a little bit of piano. I've picked up some guitar, uh, acoustic and electric. I, I love to, I do some singing as well. I usually, if I can record a little bit of my voice in, in scores, I'll do that. Oh, okay. So, um, and I kind of try to pick up, you know, I'm one of those people that like, I want to turn everything into an instrument. Uh, which drove my mom crazy when I was a kid. So whatever instrument is out there, like um, I'm just always eager to learn. So so we'll see what comes next. <laughs> I mean, and seriously, just anything south, uh, like in the Southern Hemisphere, in South America, like the percussion is, I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's so amazing. Like Brazil and bossa Nova and all the instruments that came out of that. And I mean, it's just, you guys have some really cool, cool things down there. (laughs) Yeah. We have such percussion heavy music. Um, and, and not, not only, not only do we have like very interesting percussion instruments, I think the way that we play with our rhythms is, is really cool too. There's a very, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to get too technical, but there's a very South American way or, or even a very Brazilian way of playing certain rhythms yeah. that are like you you kind of you can immediately tell that that it comes from that part of the world it's pretty it's amazing so mm-hmm. it's it's one of the things about music that I'm like man that is yeah. just so cool yeah i think about that certainly with africa as well india uh-huh. i mean there are rhythms that are just like that just oh my God. from those areas and yeah. those continents and those countries and those uh you know brazil cuba uh, oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, we could go on and on. It's just, yeah, yeah such percussion heavy. I love it. I absolutely love I it. I think that's the, and that's one of the fun things about, about working on scores, you know, for, for games or movies, um, is that you get an opportunity to, to, 
to put those things in there, you know, yeah. like even, you know, and it doesn't have to be a game or a movie from, you know, that specifically takes place there. You can sneak in some African rhythms in, in a fantasy game, right. you know, if you, yeah. like if, if you want to make, I don't know, a certain, a certain, uh, uh, like group of people or a certain area of the game sound different than, than, than another area. Like you can, you can play with all those different musical elements and I think to me, that's one of the most exciting parts about, about writing scores is that you can, you can kind sure. of, you know, it's like, you can, it's like cooking, but with no rules, you just put them in there and you, and you figure it out. And it's like, oh, that's, that's cool. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And you've also, uh, you did a game in 2016. Um, oh, let me look it up. Yeah. Meridian squad 22. Um, yeah. Did you do? Did you compose the music for that? I did not. So oh, okay. I, was, I was mostly on the sound side of things there. Oh, okay. So talk to me a yeah. little bit then about sound design and and yeah. what you know. Do you enjoy doing it, or is it been kind <laughs> of a necessity? Like you just do it because it's. You know. it, it. I think it's kind of been a, a necessity. Oh, okay. More than anything. Okay. Um, I do enjoy doing it. It's. It's a. In many ways, I think it's. It's it's similar enough to making music that you that you mm. you can you can get pretty creative with it and and incorporate many of the same um, the same techniques I would say because you're trying to catch people's ear in, mm -hmm. in a similar way but there's a few different considerations you know when you're doing even when you're doing sound for movies or for games but uh, so for Meridian that was I think that was probably that might have been one of the first games that I've ever made sound for. Uh, it was kind of my, in, sort of my introduction into that world. I was working with a few folks at the time that kind of just, you know, let me uh, try my hand at it. And, mm -hmm. and it was, it was pretty awesome. It, it, it was, it was a new experience for me. And, and I, it, the nice thing is that I came out with kind of a new set of, of skills Yeah. and, and as a game composer, especially, especially when you're starting out and when you're trying to kind of, get into, you know, working on sort of indie games and, and, and smaller projects, sometimes, uh, sometimes projects or you, you will, you will be more attractive as a composer if you can also bring in sound design, you know, if, and if you can yeah. do that yourself. So, so that's, that's a, it's, it's been a very useful skill to have. No, absolutely. I think, you know, certainly there there is a lengthy, lengthy list of absolutely fabulous video game composers who have never touched sound design. So yeah. obviously that is true. But also, I do think it can very much inform you. And, mm -hmm. you know, with with any media, right, you're always going to, almost always going to be dealing with sound design as an element of the audio. So it's yeah, like, absolutely. of course. And, and even yeah. when you're not, uh, even when you're not doing it yourself. So, yeah. so these days I've been, you know, I, I'm, I mostly focus on the music side of things, but, but understanding things about sound design, you know, knowing even yeah. some, some technical aspects about it, uh, it, it can help me to figure out where to kind of stay away from when I'm writing music, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and sort of how to, it, it's really how to collaborate better with with sound designers so that when yep. when when we have a scene or we have something that you know a portion of, of of film or game that has you know these huge explosions for example like it, there there's a certain kind of music you're gonna you're gonna want to write for that so that you're not clashing right mm -hmm. like you don't want you don't want everything to be 
playing on every frequency spectrum all at once. Right. So you might want to be trying to, you know, fit things together a little bit more nicely. So that, I think, I think that, that, that sound design experience for me helped me to, to be able to, I think, think like a sound designer. So, yeah. so it'd be easy to collaborate with them. about uh, the Star Wars project that you worked on because I watched some of those. Those are really adorable and the music's great. Uh, those are really fun. Yeah, so it's called Disney Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures and they're like That's these right. little animated shorts, like shorts. Yeah, and, very and, short. Yeah, very short and they're just like, this is who Obi-Wan Kenobi is or whatever. Uh-huh. It's really great. <laughs> so talk to me about what, what you did for that project. Yeah, definitely. So, so that project, I think one of the cool things about that project is that the 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 intention of it from the filmmaker's perspective was to kind of get kids introduced to the world of Star Wars mm-hmm. who didn't grow up watching it right because yep because uh, you know some of us have I I remember I I grew up when the when the the uh, you know one two and three were coming out so mm-hmm. I I remember going to the theater and watching you know Revenge of the Sith and so on so like I knew of Star Wars and I and I was familiar with the world and the characters and so on. But this project was was more of like, a, okay, you you were born, you know, more recently, and you don't know anything about Star Wars, so this is kind of a way to introduce you to the world. And the way they did that, I thought I thought it was a great idea. They they picked some of the most iconic scenes, you know, from the original trilogy, and then from the from the prequels as well. And I think they even did some from the from the. Uh, the more the more recent the you know ones, uh, yeah. uh, seven eight and nine right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they grabbed some of the most iconic scenes and they, they they just recreated them but using a different you know using an animated style yeah and it was like this beautiful uh almost like anime like yeah uh, animation and and it was fantastic so so that that's kind of the premise and then where where i came in i, w- I was working with on that project, I worked with a with a frequent collaborator of mine. His name is I'm going to give him a shout out. His name is Ryan Shore. Okay, great guy. I'm sure we'll talk more about him. Um, he's kind of been a mentor to me in in the in the music world. Um, so we the what we were doing in, in that. So I was in his music team. What we were doing in that project was okay. You have these shorts, and but they they don't exactly run you know precisely. Uh, like the scenes in the movies, sure. But we still want to use the same music, more or less. So it was like the the job was kind of adapting the music that was in the original movies to these animated scenes. So sometimes you'd be doing music editing, um, sometimes you'd be writing new material, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you'd be kind of combining both. So so we got to uh, we had to do the very daunting task of of uh, tweaking John Williams's music, which is like. <laughs> It's kind of like you know, it's a it's sacred ground, so you have to be right. very careful how you do it. Um, but it was a it was it was a total blast. Like it was it was such an awesome project. I had a lot of fun. I was you know I spent a few months listening to Star Wars music every day. 
Um, <laughs> it's it just like, you know, it was kind of the dream. So it was, it was a wonderful project to work on. Awesome. And yeah, it was super awesome. Yeah. And so you're, sometimes you're writing original stuff too, just to kind of bridge yeah. those areas exactly. and yeah. Cause, okay. Yeah. Cause, cause sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it, maybe they made the scene longer than the original and, and, or maybe okay. they're, you know, kind of doing something completely different. Like I th- I remember there was one scene there where, uh, I think they were showing this, you know, like a, like a, a TIE fighter battle where Darth Vader was, was right. You know, was, was the pilot on one of the, the ships. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there was a scene like that in, in star Wars, uh, exactly like how they did it. So they had, okay. they needed completely music for that. Oh, and so, cool. so it, you were, sometimes you were writing totally new material. Sometimes you were adapting. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like, all of the above. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that's really, really cool. Um, and then talk to me about Blade Runner Revelations. Was that more sound design yeah. again? That, If I remember correctly, some of these projects have been, I worked on them such a long time ago. Oh, okay, uh, okay. When was this one? Well, but, this was probably closer to when the second film came out, is my guess. Whenever 2049 uh, came out, so. I can't remember. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that project was, again, was it was one of my first kind of introductions into oh, the, okay. the game. Oh, cool. And okay. Because that's a that VR project, game. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a VR yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, I worked mostly on the on the music editing side of things again. Music editing, oh, okay. it's funny because I, I don't consider myself a music editor, but but music editing has kind of come uh, at different times in my life. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but so that, so for that project, it was, it was a really, it was a really cool project. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, of the Blade Runner. Uh, yeah. The, well, the original movie, and then all I, I loved the 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 new Blade Runner movie also. So good, yeah. And they were. This was a game that took place in the timeline. I, I, I think it was somewhere between the two movies. Yep. And um, and it was a VR game, which was again, it was something that I hadn't done too much of in the in you mm. know prior to that project. Yeah. And it was about uh adapting the, the the music that had been written to to this to this for this project into the various scenes that 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 you would experience as a player and so it, it was it was really awesome because because it was a VR game um, it was I think one of the big aspects for that project was about immersion you know it, mm. you you, ha- you had to you had to be able to immerse the player into that world of Blade Runner which I mean, when you when you watch the movies, that's kind of what they do to you. You know, the yeah. the music and the visuals and the sound and everything else. They just kind of like they transport you to that weird sort of cyberpunk, you know, LA yep. world. And um, I think that was one of the goals for for the game as well was to kind of bring you inside of that world, so you'd feel like you were in there. I think if I remember correctly, the the premise of the game is that you were you were one of the detectives and you were trying to. I, I don't think you played the the character that that um, yeah that Harrison Ford plays, but you were one of the one of the detectives and you were going through an investigation. And so it's like super immersive, and you're going through the different areas of the city. So that was that was a fun project to work on. It was really cool.
are you a gamer too? I am. So, you know, um, I, I grew up playing way more video games than I probably should have. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I remember getting in trouble uh, sometimes, you know, cause, cause I'd be, my mom would come home from work and I'd be playing my games and she's like, you know, you should be doing your homework. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I was, I, I played a lot of games growing up, tons of them. Um, I, my first, when I was born, I had an older brother, so he was already playing his Nintendo 64. So okay. that was kind of my, my introduction into games was through the 64, which is, I still have one here with me. <laughs> um, it's one of my favorite consoles of all time. And, and I, of course, continued playing throughout childhood and adolescence. And then, um, I don't know if this happens to everybody, but when I, when I got a little older and I, you know, I went to college and then I started working. Mm-hmm. I, I started playing less than I, than I'd like. <laughs> so I still, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, have a similar experience. Like I still have a switch. I have a, I still have a PS4. I need to get the PS5 now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I play when I can, but, yeah. um, I definitely used to play more in the past than what I do now. So that's, that's something to, that's something to change if I can. <laughs> And uh, is anyone else musical in your family or were you an anomaly? That's a great question. Um, kind of both. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm the only one in my family that, that kind of went the route of, of being a professional musician. Okay. But um, my father, who's not, a, he's not a professional musician. He's a doctor, but he, he's, he's a lover of music. So he, he appreciates okay. music and he plays a few different instruments. He plays guitar, he plays piano, he plays saxophone. Like okay. he just kind of picks up a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, and so he was actually a, a huge part of my introduction into music. So I, I, some of my earliest memories are of him playing guitar for me as a, as a little kid. Okay. And, um, I remember loving that. It was kind of such a joyous experience, you know, like he would just be playing guitar and I'd, I'd keep asking him to play again and again and again. Mm. Um, so, so through him, I think is where my, my interest for music was born. So that was, that was kind of cool. And not only was he a music fan, he also loved movies and okay. you're, you're seeing where I'm going. So, um, he would, he would show me, you know, his favorite movies, you know, so he'd show me Star Wars and, and he showed me Blade Runner and a lot of, we, we watched a lot of action movies, you know, a lot of the good Spielberg stuff. So he would be showing me all of that. And at the same time, kind of showing me a lot of the music that he liked. And then I think at some point in my mind, I connected the two and I was like, can I, can I be the guy that like writes the scores? Like, is that a thing? So, so it was a process of discovering that, that, that was actually a profession that you could do. Mm-hmm. And so I think a, a lot of thanks goes to, to my dad for kind of just, just sparking that interest for me. Sure. Yeah. And then you went up to school at Berkeley. What made you decide to do that? Because that's a big decision for someone to just leave the country, you know? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so w- by the time that I started learning music formally, um, I, I it was kind of late that I started uh, kind of taking formal lessons. As a kid, I was just playing with my dad and like, you know, picking up his guitar and and, yeah. and sort of you know, figuring out what to do with it. But, uh, later on at about, at the age of 14, I started, I started formally learning how to, how to play music. And 
very quickly I realized, okay, uh, I like doing this more than I like going to school. So what do I do with that? Um, so, uh, it's, so it started kind of the idea of becoming a professional musician sort of started developing in my mind. Uh, and I knew that what I wanted to do was to, was to be a composer. I wanted to, I wanted to write the scores for, you know, just like all the movies and all the games that kind of captivated me as a kid mm -hmm. like I wanted to do that for other people and so I remember most of my music teachers would often mention Berkeley College of Music um they they would, tell, they would tell me that you know that would be that's a great place to learn music and and if you get the opportunity that I should consider it and if I remember correctly at at the time that I was you know applying for colleges I think Berkeley was the only college that had an undergraduate in film scoring. So I oh, think, okay. I think other schools had, you know, you could, you could do a master's or, or a PhD in, in, in that. But I think that Berkeley was the only one that had an undergrad. Other schools have that now, but I think at the time Berkeley was the only one. So it was kind of like a, a, a no brainer. I was like, okay, my, my, my teachers are telling me about it. Um, mm -hmm. The thing that I want to do, they offer. So, okay. So I have to do this. So, um, I applied to Berkeley and it was, it was the only college data that I applied to, but at the time I, I didn't have the concept of like, you know, normal yep. people, they apply to multiple colleges and then they see, yeah. you know, where they get accepted and where they don't. And then you mm -hmm. make a decision. Mm -hmm. I only applied to Berkeley. I was like, you know, it's either this or nothing. Uh, <laughs> luckily I got in. Um, yeah. and then, and then from then on, you know, I, I got ready to make the pilgrimage and move to the United States. And, and then I've been here ever since. Ryan Shore. So tell me about yeah. about about how you met him and it, what ways that you've worked with him. Yeah, definitely. Composer. So so Ryan Shore is um it's kind of a an awesome sort of uh uh what do you call it? A a uh completed circle kind of in in, in my life because one of so one of the scores that kind of really caught my attention as a, as a kid was, was the score for the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh yeah. Um, I've, and and the movies themselves, like they, they were kind of like, they, they just blew my mind as a kid. I would watch them over and over again and I would listen to the music and I never stopped listening to, to the music from the, those movies. And of course the composer for the, for those movies is Howard Shore, yes. who happens to be Ryan Shore's uncle. So they are, they're, oh, there they're, you go. You know, it's running in the family. Um, <laughs> So when I when I moved to to LA after finishing my college education, um, I think through through a few mutual connections, I was introduced to Ryan, and at the time he was looking for uh, for an assistant. So so Ryan gave me my first some of my first work in the film world. I had worked for a few other composers, but but uh, it was er early on. Um, I also started working with Ryan. And so Ryan gave me some of my first film work and, and he's been, you know, I, I still, I still work with him 
to this day on, on various projects. And he's, he's just an awesome collaborator to work with. He's a, he's a great composer. He, and he also knows how to kind of run his, his show really well. And, and, you know, he has, he's very organized with his team. I think everyone that I've talked to that works with him has had just a, a tremendously good experience. Mm. So he's, he's just been like an awesome person to, to collaborate with. So, um, so yeah, I've been I've been working on on various aspects for him for for some time now. So what are you working on right now? What's what's going? What are you cooking? <laughs> yeah. So so right now we we just finished. Um, I finished working on a. Uh, the, it's a new genre. I, I I that I I just I was just informed that this is a thing. It's a zomcom. So it's a zombie movie that's also a comedy. Nice uh, <laughs> genre for me. I know it's not a new genre like in in the world. Love it. So I just, we just finished working on a zomcom. Uh, so it's a zombie movie with uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. They're they're both in this movie, which Shut is up. just like oh, that's amazing, quite fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I don't know how much I can talk about it, but I think it's coming out in uh, on Halloween this year. Oh, okay. So that's that's that should be a pretty fun movie to <laughs> awesome. check out. <laughs> What's called? I should say the movie's called Zombie Town. That are, that are that's going on now in, in my career. Like I said, it's I'm kind of early into the game, so it's like yeah. well, in many ways I'm figuring out you know what what's next and and mm-hmm. what direction to go. And because I was nominated for for an Emmy this year, uh, it there's this is an exciting time because there's a few paths that are kind of laying themselves out in front of me. Sure. And but now I have to do the daunting thing of like you know figuring out a direction to, to go into. So there's a few different things that I've been, that I've been kind of considering. Uh, there's a few projects down the pipeline that are, that are more secure that there's a documentary coming out that that's going to, I'm going to start writing for. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know how much I can talk about that because I don't want to get in trouble or have to erase memory in mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there's a, there's a uh, there's also a fantasy movie that's that's coming down the pipeline. So those two are are nice. more secure. And then there's there's the exciting thing of figuring out okay what what else like what what else do I want to mm-hmm. do? So I've been doing. I think I mentioned earlier I've been doing a lot of public speaking. So I've I've right yeah uh, tell me about that. I've spoken at um, I've spoken at USC uh, the uh, University of Southern California here mm-hmm. in LA. I have I know a few people that that are in the kind of the the music department there. So Gary Shaman works there. Yeah. 
Gary Scheinman works there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so does Janine. I don't know if you've, if you've ever been introduced to Janine Cowan. No. Um, she's fantastic. She was one of my mentors at Berkeley. Oh, okay. And now she's, she's at USC. Oh, cool. Amazing video game composer. Um, and so I, I, she, she recently invited me to speak there. Nice. Um, I recently also spoke uh, online to some students uh, of my alma mater of, of Berkeley as well. Okay. So there's a lot of things that I'm kind of like trying my hand at. And yeah. uh, so it's kind of an exciting time. It's like, it's, it's just figuring out what's next, Yeah. you know? And do you get uh, back to Brazil often? <laughs> I, I wish that I did. It's yeah. been a few years since I've been back. Okay. But luckily I will get to get back to go back there this Christmas. So this coming Christmas, okay. I'll be there. And of course it'll um, be summer there then, right? It'll be summer there. Yeah. So I get to, I get to skip winter. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's kind of exciting because so another, another great accomplishment, I know it's not career related, but another great thing that's happened recently is that about a year ago, I got married. Oh, congrats. So that's fantastic. Oh, I good. I can see the pictures, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I got married a year ago and, um, she's here from the U S and this is going to be her first time going down to Brazil with me. Oh, nice. So she's, she's been a trooper. She's learning Portuguese. She's, oh, you know, wow. taking Portuguese lessons and so on. So cool. it's going to be her first time down there. And I, I haven't been there in a few years. So it's kind of, you know, it's yeah. going to be just a, a, a reconnecting with, with my family and with the folks from back there. So yeah. that should be pretty exciting. And Portuguese is such a beautiful language. My God, <laughs> like, I mean, I Very love fair. Bossa Nova. So I love listening to people say, mm-hmm. sing. Joao Gilberto is like one of my favorite oh, yeah. people in the yeah. world. We're always listening to him here at our, at our house. Oh God. I mean, he could just, just, I mean, just listening to him sing in Portuguese is like my mm-hmm. favorite thing in the world. It's, it's, it's so interesting because I, I, I feel like different um it, like different languages in music are almost like different flavors yes yeah for and sure for some reason i i really enjoyed the the flavor of portuguese in in music like it just yeah. it kind of adds such a it, of course it lends itself really well to the to the brazilian music in in general yeah yeah like bossa nova and samba and and baião and like all of these different brazilian uh styles mm-hmm. they just sound so it, it's like it, it doesn't sound the same when you translate them into English. It, right. It's just like they kind of were made to be sung in Portuguese. Yeah. Um, it's it's such a and it's it's a fantastic language. I I'm it it's my it's my you know native language and it's it's mm-hmm. what I grew up speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that language. It, yeah. And I, I love languages in general, but I, of course I have a heart for Portuguese. Yeah. I mean, you must have learned English from a very young age because your fluency is like, and your accent too, it's like almost non-existent. Thank so, you. Thank yeah. you. You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I did not. I, oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, so in Brazil, when you're a kid, you, in, in school, they do have English, like English is kind of the, the second language class that you normally take. I think mm-hmm. here sometimes it's Spanish, right? Yeah. But in, mm-hmm. in Brazil, it's English. But the English that I had in, in school growing up wasn't very good. Okay. And of course, when I started uh, learning music, I kind of stopped most of my other activities. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, but but about a year or maybe a year and a half before moving to the U.S., I was like, okay, I'm going to the U.S., 
I should probably really learn how to speak their language. So it was a combination of watching TV shows and listening to music in English and playing video games um, that kind of really uh, uh, made English click for me. Wow. It's funny because one of, one of the places that I would practice growing up was um, I, I had an Xbox 360 back, back at, that, at that time and I was playing online a lot. And usually oh, yeah. I was playing with Americans. So I was, yeah. you know, I was playing Call of Duty. I was playing, you know, you name it. All of the, all of the uh, first-person shooters mm-hmm. online. And, um, the, and, and you know, I was always talking to, to Americans. And I, and I was like, that's kind of, those are my, my, my mentors, my English <laughs> mentors, these, you know, 12-year-old kids that yeah. were, were uh, playing Call of Duty with me. <laughs> it's a good way to learn the slang and the customer. This is how I learned all of my... day language, you yeah. know, some, yeah. some words that I didn't use anymore after that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, one of my favorite stories about that is I used to play when Destiny first came out. I still play Destiny, uh-huh. but this is, you know, Destiny 1 when it first came out. And I played with a group of people from Puerto Rico. And I don't remember how I got connected with them or whatever. It just happened. And uh-huh. I started playing with them. And so I learned all these Puerto Rico <laughs> idioms and cuss words. Yeah. And, and, and in Puerto Rico, it's very common for friends to call each other cabron. That's just, they yeah. just, hola cabron, you know, como estas, uh-huh. whatever. And so at the time, and now again, I worked and now again work with uh, uh, um man named Raul from Mexico. And mm-hmm. so I say it to him and he just bursts out laughing because it's such a bad, <laughs> it's like, you just don't do that in Mexico. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, hola cabron. And he just loses it. He's just <laughs> like, you just made my day, man. So yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> you learn, you learn important things when you're gaming online, you, you know? <laughs> but you also speak Spanish, right? I, I speak a little bit of Spanish. I've, okay. been, I've been learning. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And, it, and in, in LA, it's kind of something you end up picking up because there's so many Spanish speakers here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And as a, as, a, as a good Brazilian, I play soccer every week. Oh, nice. Um, okay. And I, I mostly play soccer with Spanish speaking folks. Okay. So that's where I get to practice and, you know, sure. yep. just use my Spanish again. So yeah. it's been slowly. I've been slowly leveling up on on my Spanish. Oh, cool. Very cool. So there is on SoundCloud a a really lovely score that you did for a film called Graveyard. And again, this was like 2017 or something, 18 maybe. But um, but talk to me a little bit about that because that's really beautiful. Yeah, for sure. So so Graveyard was was one in a in a series of films that I worked with uh, with a director called Brett McLaughlin. Okay. Very talented guy. Um, <clears throat> directed a series of short films, and that film it was it was a very personal film to him. He was he was going through a few things in his life at the time, and that the film was kind of like a it was his way of processing sort of sort of what he was, you know, kind of the the changes in his life and mm-hmm. and the stage that he was at life at the time. Uh, and he he's kind of a dream director to work with because he was very creative. Gave me a lot of creative freedom when I was writing the music. Uh, and if I, if I remember correctly, I, I experimented a lot in that score. That's, that's one of the scores that I, I used, you know, kind of your, your usual film ensemble, like strings and synths and so on. But I recorded a bunch of my, a bunch of vocal tracks as well, and kind of blended mm. those in with the score. Um, and I, I think I, I was, we were very proud of, of the end result. I think it was, you know, it was very intimate film, like a very, a very yeah. kind of 
introspective score. It was a lot of, you know, the character's thoughts and sort of the character in his head and and sort of meditating on things. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember it being a lovely score to to have worked on and and I got to experiment with a bunch of different musical colors that I hadn't played with before. Oh, cool. It was fantastic. do you like to listen to i mean what are you do you listen to a lot of scores or do you what what do you listen to that's a great question yeah. um i i i think you know it's, it's interesting i there there are phases when i'll be you know listening to a bunch of of film and video game scores and then there are times when i'm like really going a different direction and listening to either uh you know, rock or, or alternative music or uh, I, or classical music, which is something that it's not, I don't have a huge background in, but it's something I've picked up, you know, ever Mm -hmm. since learning composition. So uh, let's see one of the, one of the bands that whenever they come out with something new, I'm always excited to, to hear it is Radiohead. Radiohead is to me like Mm -hmm. a huge, they, they're just always doing something interesting and new and, and, and very, I think, innovative. Um, mm-hmm. While at the same time, they're, they they make stuff that is very, like, it, it's not so new that you can't relate to it. You know, it's it's very, right. it, it, it's it's palatable and you and, and it kind of just grips you in. So I I love that. I love that stuff. I love Radiohead. Um, what else? <laughs> I I still listen. So some of the first music that I've that I that kind of. Uh, caught my attention as a kid and actually made me want to be a drummer in the first place was Led Zeppelin. So I, I okay. was huge. To, I was huge into like British classic rock. Amazing. That's what, okay. So that's, that's what my dad listened to uh, when he was growing up. So, so classic rock and like progressive rock from, from England from that time, yeah. from the seventies. So, so like Pink Floyd and oh, yes, yeah. and mm-hmm. King Crimson and Gentle Giant, like nice. some of the deep cuts there. Uh, nice. And that to me, like that, that music was always so colorful, like, like, you know, cause, cause rock and roll is one thing, but when you go to progressive rock, like, like they have, you know, the 10 minute songs and the <laughs> really long guitar solos, and then the kind of, you know, the orchestral interludes and so on. And like, I, I think that again, because my approach to music has almost always been through like a storytelling lens, that music to me was really, um, it was really storytelling, you know, like it, it had a lot of ebbs and flows and it went different, different unexpected directions and so on. And, um, to, to me, it was always, it it was always captivating. And I I still listen to that stuff now. Um, and actually when I was growing up, I had a band and and we played progressive rock, like we played played Pink Floyd and we wrote some of our own songs. Um, so, so that music always, it's always been very, very interesting to me. And, and I, I was, I was fortunate or I was very, uh, I felt validated when at some point I was listening to an interview with, um, the, 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 two, the I think one of the guys who wrote, uh, the Halo three score, oh, okay. um, it was either Marty O'Donnell or Michael Salvatore. I can't remember which one I was, I was, uh, hearing the interview from, but he said that that that's kind of some of the music that 
that drew him into to wanting to do composition. And cool. and of course, Halo Three is one of my favorite scores. It's one of the scores that like I remember when I would play the game. Um, I would just stay in the main menu for like ten minutes, <laughs> listening to the score because <laughs> yeah. it was it was such beautiful music. Yeah. And then my friends were like, "Hey, man, come on, let's 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 start." <laughs> uh, but I would just and I would do that with so many games. Just I right right before starting start, starting to play, I would just stay in the main menu and just listen to the music and so and good. like kinda, it kind of brings you into the to the world, you know mm-hmm. that that they're about to show you. What more do you want to say today before we before we go? Um, let's see. So I, I think one of the things that I've been that I've been doing is uh, I'm I'm kind of what would you call it? I'm I'm developing a uh, I'm playing with my own sort of musical brand. Um, mm. And so I if if folks want to kind of plug in and be in touch with the things that I'm that I'm doing, the things that are coming up next, the new things that are coming out for on my end. Um, my, my music production studio, I, it's, it's called the music giant. So, um, that's where you can find my, my work. So if you go to the music you, you can, you can listen to a little bit more of my music. You can kind of see my bio, see some of the, the, the folks that I've worked with. Um, I'm, I'm working on building some kind of a, uh, something that will like a sort of a news, you know, uh, page so that you sure. can be in touch with the, the new things that are coming out. So if you want to keep in touch with my work, that's, that's one of the best places to do it. And I'm, I'm on Instagram as well at the music giant, oh, cool. all one word on Instagram. So if, if people want to kind of stay in touch, uh, shoot me a message, uh, questions, comments, insults, whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Vinicius, what a pleasure to speak with you and and meet you. So uh, thanks for the chat today. Thank you for having me here. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Level with Emily. You can learn more about Vinicius, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of my chat with Vinicius on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please subscribe to that channel to get all of our new videos of interviews along with notifications. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.